0: I don't know about you, but it felt extra early this morning when my alarm clock went off. That was, that was stark, and I'm already blurry enough. When I get up, I'm kind of wondering where I am and trying to see what's going on, and that was definitely happening this morning. Uh, what we're doing in this message series is we're trying to get a picture of love in high definition. We're trying to bring it into focus, and learn about it uh, God's really given us a great picture in 1st Corinthians 13 which is what we've been digging into and pulling out a lot of great insight into what love is and and what it's not <clears throat> it's a very clear definition we find there first week we looked at Alex actually walked through with you uh, how love matters most to God 1st Corinthians 13:1 through 3 God is love and we love because he first loved us. It was his idea. He, he came up with it. And so understanding his definition of love is, is very important for us. Everything in comparison to God's kind of love is like standard definition compared to high definition. You, you don't know what you're missing when you're watching just a standard definition TV set. And then, you know, your friend gets the, the new one. That's got all the, you know, bells and whistles, and you, you realize by looking at that picture what you've been missing, and that's how it is with God's love. We then looked at love versus envy, because 1 Corinthians thirteen four tells us that envy is a major enemy of love. It destroys relationships, and it's important to stop envy before it starts. Love gains the the advantage over envy if we stop it before it starts. We, we have to trust God to give us what we need and to celebrate with others instead of comparing and competing with them. So relationships are, relationships are much sweeter that way. Uh, last week we talked about humility and how it's the secret ingredient. I don't know, I think Alex probably played for you two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. I was just thinking this morning, I, I, that is embedded in my mind. I can't get it out of there. I could just, in my sleep. And I hope it's not the only thing I remember as I get older. <laughs> you know, I hit that point where you can't remember stuff, but that comes out. I, I really hope, hope not. But Big Mac has that special sauce. And you would never, you'd never connect humility as the secret ingredient in love. But it's crucial it's, it's a core ingredient to really loving people around us. It's, it's the thing we wouldn't normally connect. It, it helps us put others' needs and interests above our own by deferring to them. This week, we're going to dig in some more to 1 Corinthians 13 and discuss love and honor. And that sounds like you know, some of the recent Roman epic movies love and honor, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like an epic movie, Uh, a masterpiece coming soon to a theater near you. Uh, In relationships, honor is epic. Showing honor to the people around you in your life is crucial. It is the foundation of healthy relationships. Love always gives value to people. It, It never takes it away. Have you ever felt devalued or dishonored in some way? Boy, it, it really stings. It, it hurts. And sometimes out of nowhere, it stings. Like, I, I've been stung by a stingray surfing twice. And uh, it really hurts. You're standing there. You're, you're walking. You know, usually it happens in shallow water. And you're walking to go out to get ready to paddle. And boom, it hits you. That's how it feels. You get hit just like that and then it stings for about a day. Maybe longer, you could, I could feel it for about a week. And I learned very quickly, right? Sometimes you forget, the reason I got stung twice is because I forgot to do the stingray shuffle. That's the stingray shuffle. You move your feet like this and that makes them get away. They don't, they don't want to come after you, they run. That's a pretty important skill to learn if you're going to go into the ocean, by the way. Um, they strike and they leave you in pain. And that, that's what happens many times to us as we're dishonored. We get stung. And it hurts pretty bad for a day or two. And then it sort of lingers. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good at all. We, we're used to being devalued. We get undervalued. Some common ways we get undervalued are uh, we're left out of plans. We're not invited to the party. We're not included in something special. It's obvious they hadn't been thinking of us. That hurts. You try to act like you don't care, but it does sting. It really does. Maybe you feel like whatever you do isn't good enough. Your spouse, just, you can't win. You can't win in relating to them. If you're a wife, maybe you think your husband's clued out. He's not paying attention, he's not listening, he's not really connected. Or if you're a husband, you work hard, you, you don't want much, but appreciation would really go a long way at helping you um, grind it out at work. Or no matter what you do, your parents don't approve of it. You, you just can't seem to do enough. They don't approve of your effort, your choices you make in life. Or you may be dating someone and you get the sense that they want to change you or control you. That, you know, you're okay like you are, but they'd be better if you were someone else. And you don't feel accepted for who you are. Just a heads up, ladies, guys are a lot more like bricks than clay. Okay, they're not like clay that you can mold, they're more like bricks. But you get in a dating relationship, you feel devalued when people want you to be somebody else. Or you get together with a friend, and the conversation is all about them. And you're waiting. You're just waiting for them to ask about you. But it's all about them. You, you never get asked how you're doing yourself. And it sort of stings. After a while, it gets old. These common situations, they, they leave us feeling undervalued. And maybe even a little angry. And if we're not careful, we start doing the stingray shuffle in our relationships we start moving and and squirming to keep people at a distance to keep them away so they will run and we ourselves because we're not handling the the wrong done to us in the right way we begin a pattern of dishonoring the people in our life as well because we're concerned with our self-worth that's the way it comes out sometimes we we get concerned about our self-worth, and we're going to get it from the other people around us no matter what. So today, we're going to see how love shows honor to others and lays a solid foundation for great relationships. It's crucial aspect. I, I need God's help to honor people. I, I need His help to really show respect on a consistent basis to people in my life. And if you're like me, you need his help too. And he's willing to give it if we'll seek it from him. Here's what 1 Corinthians 13 says about love and honor. It says in verse 5, Love is not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. To be rude is to be inappropriate, unbecoming or not fitting in this context it means that you undervalue other people that's what it means to be rude in in this passage here you set a low estimate of their worth and you treat them according to your estimate that's rudeness imagine owning a diamond ring that is a carrot or more maybe you do a, a diamond ring, it's, a, it's nearly flawless. I mean, you look at it and you don't see a big crack inside. But it's nearly flawless, so it's incredibly valuable. How do you treat that ring? You, you would guard it. You make sure it's in a safe place. If it's not on your hand, it's, it's in a safe to guard it. You take it to the jeweler so they can polish it, so they can take care of it, so they can make sure the prongs are are tight and holding it in place so that you don't lose it as you carry it around on your hand. You treasure it. That, that's what you do with something of high value. You treasure the ring because it is incredibly valuable. How would you treat the ring if you found out it was cubic zirconium? How does that change the way you treat the ring? the way you look at it, the way you view it. It's a fake. I mean, it looks pretty good, but it's not worth what it looks like it's worth. You wouldn't cherish it anymore. You, you, would, you wouldn't spend the time and energy to keep it safe or to worry about how it looks or to take it and make sure the prongs are connected because it would cost more to work on the prongs than the rings worth. It completely changes the way you relate and cherish and treat that ring. We, we are rude when we underestimate the value of the people around us. And here's the way it shows up in relationships. It says in this passage, we insist on our own way. This is very disrespectful. It's like... We have a goal or we have something we want. We tuck it under our arm like a football and we just start running over everybody. We insist on having our way. Others become less than human. They they become something to help us reach our goals. And if they block our goals, watch out. They're in our way. That's rude. Second thing we do when we undervalue people is, we get irritated. Love is not irritable. That's what 13.5 says. People annoy me when they won't stop doing what I want them to stop doing or when they won't start doing something I need them to do so I can reach my goals. I get frustrated because I can't control them. And then I get rude. The bottom line in all of this is is this. If I don't respect someone, I use them. I use them to help me with my goals, what I think is important, what I want. I insist on my own way, and I get demanding. My kids become someone to help me look good, and I demand that they do well, and I push. Or I'm working on a deadline, so I demand that others drop whatever they're doing. I'm under pressure here. I got stuff going on, and I need you to drop that and work on my stuff. Or I push to paint the apartment my favorite color, whether my roommate hates it or not. I'm, I'm pushing. I'm, I'm demanding because I'm more important. I use people when I undervalue them, when I don't respect them, to make my life better. I'm easily provoked and irritable. When I'm in the world of me, other people become a bother. They, they shouldn't interrupt me. Just don't. I'm working on the most important thing in the world, my goals right now, what I want. Don't bug me. Okay, don't interrupt me. A picture-perfect family outing can be completely ruined if the other folks in the family don't want what we want to do. because we want everyone to do this joyfully and since they're not i'm irritated that just drives me i wanted to be happy that's my goal and so that that's what happened this is what happens this is how this is not love <laughs> i love first corinthians 13 shows us what it's not so we get a better picture of what it is what we do as people is we tend to set a value on the people around us and then we treat them based on our estimate of their worth God tells us to set a high value on the people in our life this is a command from him a very very high value everyone on the face of the earth we're to set a very high estimate of their worth have you ever felt like you were on the outside of your family or a group of people looking in maybe your circle of friends and you wish you could find the missing piece to harmony to bring this thing together in our, our home and our family or our friendships or working relationships it's kind of like you know those vending machines where you, you, it's glass and all the snacks are lined up like this and you hit the number, you put the quarter in or whatever, and now it's probably a couple bucks, I don't know, I haven't been to one lately, but you put the money in and then you hit the button and it comes out. Well, it's like, sometimes it's like we're in this group, we're in this family, we're in this circle of friends, and we're, we're looking in and we can see what we want but we keep putting quarters in, and it's broken, and it doesn't come out. We can't figure out what's going on. Honor is a foundation of a healthy relationship. This is what God says. God's shown us the key. He's shown us the missing piece. Let love be gener- genuine in Romans 12. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. There it is. If you want to compete, compete over showing honor to the people in your life. This is the foundation of great relationships. To honor someone means that you consider them of high value. Precious and valuable like diamonds, not not. Low value like cubic zirconium. People ascribe value to things. We're the ones that make the decision on how valuable something is. A Chevrolet doesn't roll up next to a Mercedes and think, oh wow, I really wish I was a Mercedes because then I'd be worth a lot more. Yeah, that's not the way it works. People value Mercedes more than Chevrolets. Silver doesn't care that it's not as valuable as gold. We do. We care. People set the value on things. This is how it works. We set a value. We set a value on things. We set a value on the people in our life, our family, our friends, and our co-workers. If you take a, a diamond ring to a jeweler, they'll estimate its value. And we're doing that every day with the people around us. We're estimating the value of the people around us, and we're responding to them we're relating to them based on how much value we're giving them, whatever we ascribe. What kind of value are you giving the people in your life today? How much honor are you showing them? What what would they say based on the way you're relating to them about the value you're giving them? Here's a practical way to measure how much you're valuing the people in your life. If you have a pattern on the left side of the screen, there are gonna be honorable acts. On the right side of the screen, there'll be dishonorable acts. If you have a pattern of the honorable acts, then people have a high value in your life. If dishonorable, your estimate is low. First of all, honorable act is to listen to and consider other's suggestions or point of view. Do you talk over others on a regular basis? Dishonorable act, ignoring or degrading their opinions, advice, or beliefs. You know, your head's buried in a book, maybe in the family, somebody's trying to talk to you in the paper, whatever. Honorable act, building them up with our words and finding ways to encourage them, catching them doing something right, mentioning it versus noticing the wrong all the time, going right to the wrong. Uh, On the dishonorable side, telling jokes at the expense of others. Or making jokes about their weak areas. Dads can do this without even thinking about it a lot of times. That's the, the word in the scripture is exasperating. We can, we can tease. We can, we can look at a pattern of weakness and make it into a nickname. Or we can, we don't, that's dishonoring. We've got to be careful because it flows from us at times. On the honorable side, giving them grace when they make mistakes. Here's how it works. I could have done the same thing. Boy, when we're angry and we devalue them, we're looking down on them, that's not how we think. I could have done the same thing. Any idiot would have been able to do this. On the right right side of the page, screen, uh, being critical of their honest efforts or attacking them verbally. Sarcasm. Never helpful. Never instructive to be sarcastic. Very dishonoring. On the left side, honorable act, expressing appreciation for kind deeds and helpfulness. This is one of the things that oils relationships. Appreciation, thankfulness, being grateful for those things. Dishonorable, expecting, instead of expressing appreciation, expecting people to help and ignoring their kindness, not, not recognizing it. On the honorable side, being reasonable when in conflict and trying to see the problem from their angle. Oh, this is hard for me. I don't know about you, (laughs) but I ask God for help in this. When I'm fired up and in a conflict, it's really hard to even care about what they think or how they're seeing the problem. And I need God to help me with this, and I I need to ask for it. Thankfully, we can ask, and and he, He provides as we trust Him. Uh, on the other side, dishonorable. Power struggles that leave one person feeling small. Very dishonorable. It becomes about winning, not about what's right. You ever been in an argument and you forget what, what started it? I have. It seems like it'd be in everybody's best interest in the situation to stop at that point, but we don't always do. We, we keep going because we want to win. It's dishonorable. On the honorable side, asking forgiveness and clearing up relationships when we've been wrong. Very honorable. On the dishonorable side, an unwillingness to admit that we were wrong or to ask forgiveness. Now, if you're extremely brave and courageous, a good exercise would be to ask those closest to you to look over this list and tell you which side you land on more often than not. That scary thought. That would be a courageous thing. Honor is at the heart of great relationships. God's made us this way. He's made us uh, so that honor makes our relationships really hum. He, he tells us in First Peter 2:17, "Honor everyone. Everyone not only the people that you consider of value, but you need to change your view of all people and give honor and respect to everyone in your life. God tells us to set a high value on the people in our life. Here's why. People are made in the very image of God Himself. He he has made us in His image. We mirror Him in many ways. Of course, He's our creator, he's above us, but in many, many ways we are unique in all of creation, and our uniqueness reflects his image. We're made to communicate with him. We're made to love him back. No no, nothing else on this earth was made to love God back. We can do that. We're unique. We, we're like God in that we're thinkers, we're actually complex thinkers, we, we can solve problems, we can plan, we can build things, we're workers, and we're creative, we can take what God's made, and we can create other things with it. We're not creative quite like God, who can make something out of nothing, but we can take what He's made, and as we're creative with it, we reflect who he is he made us and so he's above us but he gave us a very high value in the big scheme of things he made us in his image in psalm there's a passage that says he has crowned us with glory and honor he made us just a little lower than the angels he's given us glory and honor So, we respect people, we honor them, we value them, because God values them. He's placed an incredible price tag on the worth of every human being on on this earth. Our value and honor are actually a gift from Him. It's derived from Him. We can't get it anywhere else. We try, but when you understand that you cannot get your, your sense of honor from anyone else, you can relax and quit trying to pump yourself up and feel good about yourself by putting other people down. So it's a key. Understanding this honor that God has given you and I, it's a key to us being able to honor the people in our lives. It's, it's only right that something created obey the one who created it we're created we were made by god it's only right that we obey him but we haven't obeyed the bible says that every one of us we've gone our own way and we've tried to be our own boss we have tried to live life independent of him when it's really right to live life connected doing what he wants fulfilling his wishes god shows our value He not only made us in His image and gives us honor and value that way, He shows us our value by sending His Son to die on the cross to pay for our sins. Even though we've rebelled against Him. That is is honor. That is value. It's derived from Him. It's a gift from Him. It's not something we earn. Our value is given by God and you will never discover your true significance apart from Him. It cannot be done. We're valuable because of the high estimate God has given us. Like a rag doll that's worn out but precious to a child. Have you ever seen some of the blankets these children love? I mean, I saw one. This was the the epic blanket of all time. Like a a pretty good friend of ours a while back. It was like this little knot of a blanket. It was nasty. And it was frayed. And I tell you what, if, if she lost it, the whole family scrambled because that meant there was going to be little sleep that night. But that blanket, was that blanket worth anything to anybody else? No. That, that little girl gave that blanket its value. And that's what God does with us. He gives us the value that we have. Apart from the love of God and the value He places on us, we cannot discover our significance. And it's a tragedy. I I remember the first time. It's a tragedy when people try to discover it in other ways. I remember the very first time that I was gripped with the fact that I had rebelled against God. I can remember that moment and it was scary. (laughs) I also remember the moment when I sensed the love of God in spite of my rebellion. I, I remember that just the love that poured over me, and it's easy to lose that sense. It's a tragedy when people try to find significance and honor and value apart from God because it's impossible. You cannot do it. What this means is, since God has given me such a high value and estimate, I can honor others because I don't have to use them to make me feel better about myself, and you can too. As we trust God, As we learn to walk with God and rely on Him and accept His love for us in our own heart and life, we can love others without using them to make us feel better about ourselves. So God commands us to honor everyone, to outdo one another in showing honor to the people around us. Here are some practical ways that we can show respect. As we wrap up the message this morning, I just want to look at four signs of honor, ways that we can show honor to people in our lives. There are like four road signs uh, that put us on the path and keep us on the path to respecting others. Sign number one, stop. Stop talking and listen. James 1.19 tells us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Sounds easy, not earth shattering, but oh, how it communicates value to the people you're in a conversation with. It shows respect and honor to the person who's talking to you if you'll stop and listen. Listening is a major way we can identify with people. Uh, We can find out what's going on with them, we can connect with them, we can know what they're facing. We can discover what's important to them. Have you ever seen a child grab the face of an adult and turn their face toward them? I, I have. I don't recall that ever being done to me. It might have been. I don't know. But they take the... And they, you know, they, because they don't put it into words, but they understand that focused attention is a way to, to get value the way that you give value. Attention communicates value. So stop talking and listen. Sign number two, no U-turn. Keep promises. Uh, Psalm 15 says that a man who honors God swears to his own hurt. In other words, he makes a promise and even when he finds out it's going to cost him more than he thought it was when he made the promise, he keeps the promise and he follows through. This verse describes somebody uh, who wants to do right no matter what the cost. Since a promise is so important between you and another person, you show a great deal of respect when you keep it by recognizing how the promise affects them. You've made a promise, they're counting on you, and you realize if you don't fulfill it, it's going to cause them a price. You're going to make them pay so you keep the promise even if it costs you money time convenience um, because you don't want to break your promise and, and cause them to pay the price even when you realize it's going to cost you more than you thought you don't make a u-turn and go back on your promise sign number three yield what it means to show honor is yield your rights and serve Yield actually means to give up possession of or a claim on something or a demand. So rather than... It's the flip of being demanding and easily provoked and irritable and insisting on your own way. But you yield. When you see the traffic sign yield, it means you, you're required to give up your spot for someone else. You're required to let them come in. I, I remember being in Texas. Cindy and I were in... Texas for five years while I was going to graduate school. And I almost rear-ended a, a countless number of cars, I'm sure, getting on the freeway because the sign says yield when you're getting on the hi- it's the highway there, it's not a freeway, but when you're getting on the highway, the sign says yield, not merge. Here in California, it says merge. And so people would stop at the end of the the on ramp, and I would not be expecting that, and you know, almost have a conclusion. You've got to get the right sign, you got to understand what the right sign is. Merge in tech, if you're trying to merge, that's going to cause a collision in Texas. If you're yielding, you get it. Same thing happens in a relationship, merging many times, it's like two tr- people trying to fit through a doorway, you know, they're, they're crushed. So, to love and honor others. I have to yield my rights and make an investment in them. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians to a group of people he really loved. He was trying to help them grow in their faith. I will gladly spend myself and all I have for you. That's a great picture of making an investment in people. Yielding rights and serving That verse describes expending yourself for someone else. When you serve, you show how valuable the person is you're serving. You're making an investment in them. You give up something because you want to help someone else. My rights are the things that I think I deserve. Prevent me from doing or from going out of my way to help. I I value my time, but to yield and to show respect and to serve means I use my time for someone else. Sign number four, scenic route. Slow down and see others the way God does. You know, you see these scenic viewpoint signs where you're driving along the highway, there it is. And I don't know, sometimes you don't you don't stop, sometimes you may. If you're on vacation, maybe you stop. You're taking things a little slower. That usually helps to clear the cobwebs in the mind to start taking in the scenery when we're zooming along the freeway isn't it amazing how you can pass something every day for years and then all of a sudden you notice it I I was trying to remember what it is but something like that happened to me in the last couple weeks I I was driving along I thought how long has that been there then I asked Cindy you know it's been Randy it's been there for as long as we've been here you know and, and, you know, you just, I'm, I'm asking, it's, it's amazing. When we're flying down the freeway, we don't see everything. And when we're flying down the road of life, we, we don't see the people in it. It's the same with our relationships with people. When we don't slow down to see people the way God does, because of preconceived ideas, because of prejudice, whatever it is, we miss a key opportunity to show dignity and respect to the people in our lives. Jesus continually did this. He was amazing. He came to earth to do the most important thing that has ever been accomplished on the earth, but he always had time for people. And it didn't matter what their background was. He spent time with the poor, with the diseased, with the beggars, with the tax collectors who were the scum of the earth in the eyes of the, of the Jewish folks of his day, of which he was one and the prostitutes didn't matter to him he had time he had time to pay attention to them Jesus did this because he loved them people are valued by him precious to him he he valued who they were he wanted to know their story and ultimately he wanted them to experience the love of God that he was trying to display and so he took the time to listen, to yield, to serve, and to relate. What, what a difference it could make if we followed his example. To honor others with our words and our actions could truly transform the way that we show love and receive love from those that we relate to. How could our marriages be different if we decided to make honor the rule in our marriages? To, to listen more and talk less. How could our kids feel valued as we keep our promises to them and as we listen to them as well? How could a co-worker feel loved by asking them questions about themselves? By showing genuine interest? By yielding some time by investing some time to help them be successful as well what a, what a difference this could make in every area of our life and in church we, we hope this is what you're experiencing at church in the valley we want you to know God's love and as we make it a rule here what a difference we can make in the lives of people involved and those who are yet to get involved our guests that come in the future. In our church, what if we continually look to outdo one another in showing honor to one another? People would get taken care of because we're all looking out for each other. This is real love. Love that's not rude, but outdoes the other in showing honor. As the band comes up, I would like to walk you through some next steps that you may possibly take today. Uh, Please take out that connection card again, if you would, that was in your program earlier. In a moment, we're going to uh, be receiving our offering. And I'd like to ask you to take time to finish any information you haven't had an opportunity to complete. Or mark down some next steps that I'm suggesting or that were mentioned earlier. Things that you'd like to get involved in. Uh, and then when the offering ushers come around, you can drop the card in the, in the offering basket as well. So here's some suggestions, just a couple suggestions related to the message. Actually, one related to the message. Choose a sign of respect to work on this week. Look back through those four signs of honor and choose one of those to work on this week. Maybe God spoke to you as I was walking through the, the road signs of respect and you want to pick one of those and then apply it this week in, in your family life. God may have said any number of other things to you. And I'd uh, just like to ask you to uh, follow him. Take this next step that he's laid on your heart to take. Another step would be to invite family and friends to church in the valley this Easter. We'd love for you to bring your family and friends to, we, to celebrate what Jesus has done for us. Uh, That would be fantastic, and then there are other steps, baptism overview for adults and children, uh, attending team-up, and then uh, attending Discover My Shape 301, and Discover My Mission on 401. If you need some information about those classes, uh, we can get that to you, but they're sequential, and they go in, in order, so you start at 101, you start at Church of the Valley Preview, then you go to 101, then you... You can go on to 201. Uh, But if you haven't had an opportunity to do 301 or 401 and that's where you're at, we'd love to have you get involved. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth we find in your word that really does set us free. God, you, you have loved us with a deep love. You have honored us and given us all the significance that we need. Help us, God, to run to you to find that significance and not go anywhere else. Give us the power today, God, to take the steps that you've laid on our hearts to take, that we might please you and glorify you with our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.